And today we're thinking a little bit about our capacity. And by that we mean, what is it that we fit into life? And also, what is it we're called to do? Now, for some of us, our capacity is quite similar to each other, but it looks a bit different. So we're called to do different things with our lives, with what we've got in our hands. With some of us, we go through seasons where I'm like, I think my capacity is a little bit smaller. And therefore, perhaps God's calling me to do something a bit different. And if I try and fit too much in this, it doesn't work, does it? It just makes a bit of a mess. And so as we think about capacity today, I want us to have in our minds not how much can I fit in so much as what am I actually called to fit into my life? Because I think for all of us in our society, there's this kind of idea to be busy. Whenever I meet another church leader and we say, how are we doing? Like you'd have thought the best answer would be good. But actually the kind of gold standard answer is busy. I'm really busy. And we fight against that. I fight against that. And I deliberately don't say I'm busy because I don't want to set that as the standard. That's not the point. It's what am I actually called to do? So if you'd like to turn to your sheets, and if, uh, Anna, could you hand out some pens if people don't have pens? They're right next to you there. So if you don't have a pen, stick up a hand, and Anna will hand you a pen. If you do have a pen, you can already get started. And so the idea is on your sheets, and you can have a little doodle on them, to have a think about, can we have the next slide up, please? There you go. To have a think about, where are you currently using your capacity, but where do you feel God wants you to use your capacity? So I've given four things I could have done different ones. Do you want to give a friend some of them as well, and that way it'll go faster? Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So for each of us, we've got a capacity of time. We each have 168 hours in the week. We need to sleep. We need to rest. What are we called to do with our time? So we're thinking about what are we using our time for and what do we think God really wants us to use it for? Then we've got capacity for people. There are only so many people that you can be in a relationship with, in a friendship with. And so again, the question is, who are we called to be alongside? We already heard a bit about that. Emotional energy. How are we called to use our emotional energy? Now, you know when you've used it, don't you? Because you feel sucked. You feel like, I've got nothing left. That emotional energy, that when we come alongside people and we feel drained, even though physically we've got our energy. And then the last one, of course, is our physical energy, our muscles, our strength. What do we feel called to use that for? So on your sheets, if you just want to have a little doodle, um, what are you currently using your capacity for in these four areas? And perhaps ask God, what would he want you to use your capacity for in these four areas? Is there anything he'd want to highlight to you at the beginning of 2023? Is that all right? If you're confused, give me a wave and I'll see if I can have another go. Okay, that's fine. So I'll give you an example. Capacity for people. At the moment, as I look at my life, I don't know my neighbours. That annoys me after a year and a half. But I realise that the way I've lived my life for the last year and a half means I've never made time with them, even though I say that they're important to me. So at the start of 2023, I feel like I might put my neighbours in my capacity for people thing and then I'll need to think well where do I reduce somewhere else to make space for that 
So that's what we're trying to think about. Yeah? Okay, have a few minutes, have a bit of a pray, see if God speaks to you through this. That's all right. You can pick somebody else. Yeah, somebody else that you think God's like putting into your mind that you might want to spend time with this year. Yeah, so you could put them in there. Oh, don't worry. I'm not going to collect them in. It's just for you. Is that all right? So you might want to take this away with you and just have another pray and a think about it and see if God speaks to you through it. Can I suggest if you've added lots more on it but not taken anything off, that won't work? Because not many of us were twiddling our thumbs in 2022. So this is kind of about saying to God, is there anything that you want to move the priority in my life so that I can perhaps be used in a slightly different way? So if you want to take that with you and have a think about that, I think that could be really helpful for us in what we're trying to achieve uh, individually, but also as a church. And we're going to be looking today at the book of Jude. And if you were trying to find it anywhere, you'd find it right near the end, second to last book in the Bible. It's literally one page long. So you could go home this afternoon and read it and think, I've read a whole book of the Bible this afternoon, second to last book in the Bible. And... What I want to start with, though, is to think about where does it come in the whole story of 
our faith as the people of God. So if we could have one more slide up, please. So I've took some famous films and stories and summarised them in a one-sentence thing. So see if you can pick out what you think they are. They're all famous. If you need them bigger, they're also at the back. I knew we wouldn't have had much sleep, so I haven't made it too hard. Do we reckon we've got them? I reckon we'll be okay. Between us, we'll have this, I reckon. Okay, so the first one, hairy-footed friends destroy powerful jewellery is? Lord of the Rings. Oh. Next one, forest family becomes water... Oh, and there's the answers. Thanks, Josh, just ruined it for us. Well, it's too late now, isn't it? So forest family becomes water-based family, Avatar 2. Rebellious tribe rescued by the king's son is the Bible. Hopefully you spotted that one. Trumpet-eared giant saves kingdom is Shrek. Dating couple from enemy families end in disaster, Romeo and Juliet. And crumbling house shows family problems in Canto. Did you do all right? Some of us did all right. Some of us are still waking up this morning. Now, Jude comes at a really interesting sort of time in the people of God. And so the reason I say this to you is to help us to think... If I was to drop any one of us into the story, into any of these stories, we'd need to know where we were, wouldn't we? We'd need to know, are we being dropped into the start, or the middle, or the end? Yeah? Now, we have all been dropped in near the end of the story, haven't we? Because we started with God's good creation, then humanity mucked it up, then all through the Old Testament, God says, I'm going to come and sort it out and come down, and then he did. So Jesus comes, lives, dies, rises goes away and says, I'm going to come back. And then we live in the middle bit, don't we? Before he comes back again. But we're towards the end of the story because we know the next bit is when he actually comes back and comes and puts it all right again. And so for us, in some ways, it's easy, isn't it? Because we know what's coming. We know what's been. The Holy Spirit's in us to help us. And so in a sense, we live in an easy bit. Easier, perhaps, than the bit that came before Jesus when they were still waiting for the Messiah and the Holy Spirit and whatever. But we've got God with us, helping us, in us, if you're a Christian. But we also know that we live in a hard bit as well, don't we? And if you're familiar with the book of Jude, he tells us about two particular challenges that we face. The first one is the challenge from inside the church. And so he says that some people in the church are pretending to be Christians but aren't. Now, they may not even know that they're pretending. But he says, right at the the time that he was alive, there were people in the church but trying to say, can I be a Christian and justify living the same as everybody else out there? And so that meant that in the church, there were all sorts of arguments and difficulties and people needed to be aware and to be weighing up what they believed. And for us, that's probably still the case. 
that we need to be mindful that even within the church, we can easily go wrong. Now, that doesn't mean that we have a clipboard on the door of church spotting the Christians who are getting it wrong, who might be leading other people to go wrong too. But I think what it does mean is that even in all of us, and me included, there's times when the bit of me that wants to do bad stuff, the bit of me that's sinful, says, can I justify that to myself? Can I make it okay that I do the things that I'd like to do that I know are wrong? And hopefully you, as my Christian family, then say to me, Matt, that's not right. God's got a better way for you to live. And so that's Jude's sort of first challenge about being within the church, being aware that even from within the church, we can go wrong, and we need to keep coming back and making sure that we're believing the right stuff. Secondly, he says, be aware that there are plenty of people outside the church who will laugh at and criticise your faith. And you might know that for yourself. You might know people in your family, in your friends, who think what you believe is ridiculous. And Jude, who was Jesus' brother, knows what that was like. Because within the church and from outside, there were these challenges that were going on. And so he writes this lovely bit to us. You can have one more, please. And this is the bit I'd like to focus on this morning. This is his advice to us to help us to keep on the right track. Dear friends, or in some translations, dearly beloved, you are beloved, treasured this morning. Use your most holy faith to build yourselves up strong. For each of us, we hope that year on year, we're moving forwards in our faith, that we know a bit more than we did last year, that we perhaps sense God doing a bit more, And that all the time we're trying to think, well, how do we grow closer to Jesus for ourselves? Building ourselves up, using our capacity to help us to grow closer to God. What else does he say? Pray with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. Do any of you find prayer hard? I sometimes find it hard, yeah? But as a Christian, we can say, Holy Spirit, help us to know how to pray. Give us the energy to pray. Make it a bit easier for us. That's what he means there. So not only build yourselves up, invest in your faith, but also pray in the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help us. Thirdly, keep yourselves in God's love. I remember watching a program about married couples a while ago, and they were interviewing couples where it was going a bit wrong. And one husband they talked to and they said, do you ever tell your wife that you love her? And he said, no, because she already knows it. And and then they turned to her and she was like, not really. (laughs) Actually, like he just hadn't told her that at all. He hadn't really invested in that relationship. And so one of the things you might want to think about in 2023 is to reawaken and deepen your love for God. What would it mean to fall in love with him all over again? Every now and then I sit down and I just remind myself that he took nails in his hands for me. That's how much he loves me. And I fall in love with him all over again. Over Christmas, one of my kids asked me, when was the last time you cried? And I have to say, when I worship is the time when I cry most in my life because I come back to that, oh God, you love me so much. You went through so much for me. And I fall in love with him again. And I hope you might find the time to do the same perhaps this year. 
So build ourselves up, pray in the Holy Spirit, keep ourselves in God's love and wait for the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that he's coming back and that should give us a bit of a focus for this year, won't it? Not only that he's told us what we need to do to make disciples, but also we have that hope and that solid trust that he's going to come back for each and every one of us. The second paragraph, though, is about other people. Show mercy to people who have doubts. Save them. Take them out of the fire. Show mercy. Mix with fear to others. Hate even the clothes which are dirty from sin. And what that means is that we're going out and we're finding people and saying, can I help you to come and find the thing that I found already? Can I show you where meaning and truth and love is found in life? And so I hope on your sheets as you've got your capacity for people, that you've perhaps written somewhere in there some people that you think, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to kind of find them and bring them to know Jesus for themselves? Wouldn't that be incredible? If you just take out your capacity sheets again one more time and have a quick look at them. I wonder where these bits of Jude's advice fits. I wonder to build ourselves up in our faith will that need a bit more of our time will that need a bit more of our physical energy for me praying at night does not work I fall asleep I need to put it in a time of day when I've got a bit more energy what about this fetching people back who've gone astray who've gone wrong where is that going to fit in my in my four big beakers there What about fanning into flame my love for him again? Where's that going to fit for this year? There's a lot that Jude has to say, and much of it is about us on the inside. Because once we get close to Jesus on the inside, then the rest of it starts to work. And we start to see God changing how we react in our communities, and we start to see him bringing people to faith through us. I wonder if we were to do this same thing for our churches, what would we put on there? Where's our energy going? Where's our time going? I've been really struck, for example, at this church at All Saints, what would it look like to have more capacity in our church, to have more of our life groups that have space in them? What would it look like to perhaps need to have more services? How do we build capacity for ourselves here? And then the same up at St Mary's. What would that look like to build capacity so that people could come and discover Jesus for themselves? So not just thinking about this individually, but thinking about this from a church perspective as well. And that's something that I'd like us to be having a bit of a pray and a think about as we come into this year. So I hope that's given us some things to be thinking about. Let me just close this in a little bit of a prayer and a bit of time for God to speak to us. Father, we thank you for the way that you have made each one of us. And Lord, we pray in this year ahead that you would guide us in how we use our energy and our time. We pray, God, that you would fan into flame that first love for you. That we would fall in love with you all over again. We thank you, Jesus, for your incredible love for each one of us.
We thank you, God, that at the start of this year that you are excited about what's coming ahead, that you already have good works planned in advance for us to do. You already have people for us to reach. You already have that desire to meet with us, to lead us nearer to you. So we pray, Father, would our excitement rise? Would our expectation of what you will do increase? Make us hungrier for you, we pray. And now just in a moment of quiet, just ask God, what is it he particularly wants to say to you today? Father, from the youngest to the oldest, awaken an expectation in us what you will do. Lead us to the lost. Lead us deeper in our love for you, Jesus. Build us up. Grow us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.